0: Welcome back to Nervous Rex, a Neon Genesis Evangelion re podcast. Holy shit! I saw it's. <laughs> I forgot what the intro to this podcast is. It's a Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast retrospective. Fifty percent rewatch, fifty percent first time watch. We're here. It's one hundred percent instrumentality. My name is Joe. I use an e and all pronouns.
1: Uh, I'm Chris. I use he him pronouns.
0: I just completely self destructed. You really did. Which is. I don't know. I think tantamount to what <laughs> what we're gonna try and uh, recap and discuss for the next. I don't know how long this is gonna go. Um, but we're talking episode twenty five and twenty six of the television anime series Neon Genesis Evangelion. Without, I mean, getting too much into the the recap stuff, Chris. Just like baseline, how do you feel?
1: Uh, I really liked the the conclusion here. I really I really like these last two episodes, and I can't wait till we get into talking about them more because I have the most unforeseen comparison point now. I'm so glad we recorded this now as opposed to, like, a mere one day ago because I have the most... I would never would have guessed that I would be talking about these two things in conversation with each other, but I am ready to bring a truly wild <laughs> conversation into this.
0: That's great. I am ex- really excited to hear it, and I'm sure everyone at home is, too. I... So we were supposed to record this a while ago, so I watched these um, and took notes a while ago, and I didn't make time to, like, watch them a second time. Um, But I do have a bunch of notes, um, and I did watch Spy Kids today, so that's, like, almost there. (laughs) Should we just each recap one of these two or try? Um, They're pretty abstract, so I'm not sure how much us explaining what happens on screen is valuable this time around yeah it's it's a lot of uh visuals of the characters standing around um animation that we've seen them in before but they're saying different lines uh because it is i mean it all takes place within it's a it's kind of all in shinji's mind but then uh instrumentality happens so everyone's mind is kind of one mind but we focus on just shinji for two episodes
1: yeah it's like in terms of like what you're actually seeing for basically the whole two episodes like you said it's like it's like we open on like shinji sitting in a folding chair and it's kind of like a spotlight effect as like other characters walk in and like have conversations with him but then like you can tell it's like not reality because like asuka's like clothes are changing and then like other characters will just Mm -hmm. kind of appear but before long like it's it's their characters are switching places that are in the spotlight chair and the other characters are like talking to them about their fears and what they want out of, you know, life and if they're happy. And, like, it's basically just, like, a really deep character work that's culminating everything we've seen with everybody over the course of the show. And, like, all the main characters, so, like, Shinji, Asuka, Rei, and Masato all take turns in this kind of rotating um, chair spot while the other ones come in and almost, Mm -hmm. like, it's called, like, a case. Like, they say case one, you know, whoever, and it's almost like... um, like, it's almost like a little bit of, like, a courtroom kind of thing. If, like, like the, the one person is, like, the... What's the lawyer word? <laughs> the prosecution, almost, where they're kind of, like, pushing on the person until they kind of admit... It. It, it takes a little bit. Like, every scene is kind of, like, the character putting up the same kinds of, like, fronts we've seen them do the whole episode, and the other person, like, pushes them, pushes them until they admit, like, the true thing about what they're feeling and, and what it's stemming from, whatever else it's... Yeah. And, like, I it, we say this a lot about this show but like i mean in a very literal sense and not in like a jokey way that it's like a two episode therapy session for all of the main characters like it's yeah, really getting at like their core beliefs about themselves um some of their like where that stuff got rooted to begin with what it's gonna take for them to like change their perspectives like it's you're right it's not really like a recappy sort of episodes because it's basically just like I mean, we could talk about individual moments where things are being said and stuff. Like a lot of Shinji stuff is talking about, like, you know, he has to pilot the Ava because that's what makes him like appreciate. It. That's what makes others like him, and he's afraid of others hating him. He doesn't know what he'll do if they hate him, and then like other characters are pushing on that. Mm-hmm. It's it's like Asuka is afraid of losing her own identity, so she doesn't want like the help of others because she feels like she won't be herself if if she has other people, you know, there to assist her and stuff. Misato wants to stop being a a successful put together person that is like well revered and just wants to be herself and allowed it to be like messy and and make mistakes and things like that um ray's afraid of being replaced i guess she's like afraid that she'll disappear if there's anybody like else like if there's another person besides her then then people will forget about her it's just like a lot of like deep dive into that sort of thing
0: uh, i i think it's interesting the choices of what like what within. Each character's mind is questioning them, uh, like like Shinji is kind of co- like confronted by mainly Ray and Asuka. Asuka is confronted by Ray and her child self. Uh, Rei is questioned by more Rays. Uh, and like, I think the 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 decision of who is on screen saying what is, uh, really effective. Yeah. throughout the two episodes. Yeah,
1: Ritsuko does some of that with Masato, which is good. Mm-hmm. And then so that's basically episode 25 is is basically just all of that and then 26 gets like even weirder like they start to like push it further because then it's like um or maybe this happened in the end of 25 I can't remember when when do they introduce the thing where it's like Shinji's almost on like a stage it looks like a play being put on and then there's like kind of like rotating lights revealing more people around him and it, it's like switching perspective where it's like a, there's like a Oscars on a on the stage and then there's like a, kind of like a lifeless like it looks like the characters are like three dimensional, but like it gives the impression of like them being like cutouts of like Shinji and Misato. And then it like the lights change and it's like the it's like the stage lights being turned down and then you see Shinji and Misato in like where the audience would be. It's wild. Like it's it's a lot of like cool stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's certainly a thing that should be watched and experienced. <laughs> yeah, uh, if, if, if you know, if, if you're watching, if you're listening to this podcast, having not watched it. Um, Our words will never really do it justice. And
1: I, I, I guess in the interest of, like, recapping, too, we should probably explain, like, the stuff that is being explained to us about the instrumentality stuff, if you want to, like...
0: Yeah, instrumentality has begun. It happens somewhere in, the like, in episode 25 is a title card that says it happens. Um, I think, to answer your early question, I think the stage imagery is in both episodes. It's a big part of the second one, but I think it shows up in the first one as well.
1: Yeah, so, like, they finally explain what the fuck it means. Like, it's basically, like... Kinda. Well, yeah, I mean, enough that I was like, oh, like, I at least can, like, engage with this word now. Like, the rest of the show, it's, ju- it's just, mm-hmm. like, it's just, like, corporate speak of just, like, this is the project, and I was like, alright, whatever, like...
0: Which I like. No, it's not, I, I like how yeah. vague and, uh... Omnipresent, it is. Yeah, I
1: don't mean that it's bad. I just mean like I, I just didn't even bother to try mm-hmm. to figure out what it meant because I had no context clues. Um, yeah,
0: <clears throat> extremely fair. It doesn't give you the tools to, so there's no point in right. like digging into. Yeah, it.
1: it's like they're not going to play in a band, so like I don't know. <laughs> but so, so the, basically, it's like they're saying that the only way like humanity can survive, there's like an aching, like so there's like a sense of something missing in all of us, and um, it's always been that way since the dawn of humanity, and we we try to like push ourselves with ambition and goals to like to fix that but nothing ever will so like basically it's like we're gonna they're gonna fill that hole by just like putting everyone's minds together like you can't live without other people and so just like putting all of humanity's mind basically like together then it's gonna like make all everybody feel whole like which is wild yeah and i love i love that because it it tied back to the porcupine's dilemma in a way that I never saw coming is a Hedgehogs is the limit or Porky Pie? I can't remember anymore. Hedgehogs. Hedgehog, yeah. Um, but it's, I, I, at the time you think of that as just like, Oh, it's, it's like, this is a one episode or two episode kind of like analogy. That's like, you know, kind of, you know, cute and good. And then like, you get to this last episode, these last two, and they're talking about like, you know, like living with other people and the distance you put in Like, Oh God, that was like really relevant this whole time. Like that. Mm-hmm. the ideas is still being played with here at the very end um and that that felt really satisfying to me to have that come around that way
0: mm-hmm. well it's also great with everything that happened in the last well in episode 24 with uh the way Kaworu talked about at fields and like yeah everyone puts up barriers between other people and like the way that that yeah as you said connects with hedgehog's dilemma as a like core metaphor but then the way it wraps up in these two episodes i think is really effective yeah there's
1: a lot of talk that kind of follows the quarry stuff in terms of like what makes the self the self and they talk about like, Mm -hmm. like recognizing others is what creates the difference that allows you to think of yourself as yourself at all which reminds me there's some wild stuff in the last episode that i loved where like they're like it's like pencil drawings of Shinji yeah. like flying in the sky, and then they're like like this is like oh, this is so like good. limitless like freedom like there's like this world in your mind is like has no boundaries whatsoever like no limitations no constraints and it's like we're gonna add a constraint here's a line now that's the ground and now you're walking on the ground and it's like oh this is so like I loved it like it's extremely
0: good yeah the, the episode twenty five is good episode twenty six is like next level good um but I yeah. can't really think of them separately um like yeah like but like because of the presentation they are so intrinsically linked in not just my mind but a lot of people's mind in terms of the show like these two episodes are kind of collectively considered the finale and i think i think they're really really good yeah the uh, the stuff that you're talking about um it's interesting that this like a lot of this presentation is initially born of the project running out of money and yet still some of the animation decisions they go to are so damn impressive and creative. Um the stuff you're talking about the really like sketchy drawings of Shinji like flying through and then like the land and then there's the uh there's the one scene where Shinji like literally like flips into like a two-dimensional thing and like turns into a bunch of other shapes really quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how I like I'd have to pull it up to be like oh yeah it turns into this and this and this and this and then like a weird DNA strand and it's just like it is a great visual representation of what the sh- show is getting at. And it's also just fucking gorgeous.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, and it's so great. Cause again, this, we've been talking about this a lot lately towards the sh- end of the show in terms of like, Oh, like it's just cause their money ran out. It's like, again, like the, the things they did to cover for that were so well done that they feel like they were always meant to be that. And I didn't realize till like halfway yeah. through the last that was like, Oh, this could be a budget restraint. And then I was like, I've never been so happy a show ran out of money in my life. Like yeah, <laughs> th- this like is so. I I think it's for the if if all that stuff was the way it was because of like you know the the coffers running empty like that was for the best because this I think is way better than we might have gotten if things were more conventionally depicted. Mm-hmm.
0: There is something extremely special about these two episodes that I don't know if any other show will do. Like it's it. This is the kind of thing that I think is hard to pull off on purpose. Like. Sure, uh the reused animation completely works because we are in characters memories. Mm-hmm. Um but like that is an effective creative choice that I th- I think is so abstract and jarring if it's entirely intentional and not caused by any restraints. It rules. But yeah, um if you remember like on episode 24 uh the the next time on was like storyboards for a robot fight that um
1: never happens
0: technically tech technically was added um like that that i'm pretty sure that preview is a director's cut edition but if i'm remembering what i read correctly it's like those were the storyboards for the original intended finale um that were scrapped they did these episodes but the director's cut decided to include those storyboards anyway for reasons that we'll probably talk about it at a later date but i think it's really cool i, th- I think uh i th- i th- but both that decision, but also like these two episodes and the way that they land and what they depict uh, and how they depict them. Uh, there's a really great bit in the the, I, the back half of 26 is so good uh, just because of like what it's tackling, how it compares Asuka and Shinji through their stuff and then surprise we're in a slice of life anime for like yeah, five minutes we
1: gotta we gotta pause on that for a second i feel like we got there's a couple more things we gotta cover before we get to that but i can't wait to talk about that stuff so there's yeah there's and, also... then, and then
0: and then there's the the finale as well that we'll get to yeah
1: but... real, real quick since you brought it up the the like um reusing the animation again with this show they're very good about um using that in a way that if you're paying attention you'll be like oh there's like something like really like um thematically relevant happening here with the with the um yeah, it just kind of between... feels like
0: a like a smart motif.
1: Yeah, like like the um the if I remember correctly, the shot in these episodes where he's holding the phone and like every character in the world is basically saying I hate you to him. I believe yeah. that's the the same shot where originally he's being congratulated by his dad for like the first time ever, where his dad was saying something nice to him. So to have the same image be flipped that way was like um Wasn't that the same thing that the phone call where his dad, like, was, like, you did a good job today or whatever? Like, I'm pretty sure that was the same, like, shot of the phone.
0: I thought that was from, I thought that phone, that phone's been seen, like, I think twice. Okay. Um, In my memory, I remember him being told that, like, at Nerve, like, in front of Masato and other people. Because, like, it's literally, like, a quick debriefing thing that's on audio, like, and the, the screen says audio only. Feel free to correct me in in the in the Discord if I'm wrong and Chris is right. Um, but I remember the phone mainly from the first episode.
1: Well, either way, like it's it's um it's just like the the way that they select the shots to use and when is like mm-hmm. it allows you to like figure out like the the meaning of of the scene like which is which is um nice and well done. So so they're doing the instrumentality thing right, and then what happens is they're basically saying. Uh, all these characters like gathered around him in this kind of like lab room where the the stage setup is it looks like kind of like the same quality of space where we found like the secret rave room where it's kind of like creepy and sciency and whatever else like underground hidden lab type looking room mm-hmm. and they're basically just like dragging <laughs> Shinji uh, and they're just like you try to hide from things that you don't like and make you uncomfortable to protect your, like, your weaknesses. You want to, like, limit your life to only the things that, like, don't challenge you, but that, like, has shrunk down to almost nothing and, like, this is the world that you wish for where everything's destroyed and, like, you, you're insulated and you don't have to make many decisions. Like, people will tell you what to do, but, like, this reality now is is basically just, like, a, a prison where, like, it's not pretty and it, that felt like, it felt like a nightmare, like, something that as like, simple as that i'm just like they're just like showing shots of this like small room and like there's like weird like mechanical imagery happening but the way they talked about it in terms of like a like a an individual mindset leading to disaster basically while like making it in the context of a like robot war show and using the the like pictures they did i was like this feels i feel like scared for my own life choices at this point I was like oh my god like (laughs) my life is I need to turn shit around like this is bad like it was really effective and um but the point of that whole thing is they're basically they're they're basically just saying to Shinji like this is this is reality but it's only one of many which I saying that out loud it feels like such a generic thing now because it happens in a lot of media but this feels different like it doesn't feel as boring as I just made it sound by using the same line from every movie of the last three years like oh it's only one of many possible realities you know what i mean like but it's it, it's um it feels very different in tone than a lot of other things that do that but um so basically it's like this this reality uh, the, is like shit's the premise, gone bad the
0: the premise of the human instrumentality project is so bizarre that it is almost perfectly made for this shit to land and it does like that's <laughs> it it does but like yeah it it completely like makes sense In context and as a and as this ending and with what we've been watching Shinji process processing alongside Shinji and I mean all the other characters too but certainly Shinji the most
1: yeah and this isn't the comparison that I'm I like hyped up earlier we'll get to that still but it kind of reminded me of like a Christmas Carol it like the the last kind of tragic Mm. thing of like oh no I'm seeing how like wrong things could get if I don't change my ways like it had that kind of vibe to it and like all the his friends and colleagues around him are almost like the the ghosts in that situation. And it's like, it feels very like dark and sad. And like, yeah, like I liked that stuff a lot. And then I guess then it just goes into the, another possible reality, which you don't figure out for a little bit that that's what it is, but it's like a hard cut from all this depressing inner turmoil stuff to like the happy music we've seen in other parts of the show. And like, shinji's being awoken by asuka and she's like i'm your oldest childhood friend we got to go to school and you're like what what is happening like how did everything get like this after the um the final angel was destroyed and it kind of slowly unfurls enough we're like oh this is like you know a, a what if scenario and uh it cut downstairs and uh shinji's parents are both there in the kitchen his mom's alive his dad's reading the, the newspaper which is great because they still keep mm-hmm. his like face obscured the way he always did with his hands and stuff, but this time it's like a oh pop, you're reading the paper kind of thing. I love that detail. And it's wild seeing him in that context of like, oh, this is what it'd be like if his dad like lived at home with him and was like relatively normal and his mom was there and whatever. And they're talking about like how sweet it is that Asuka comes and gets him to go to school and stuff and 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 it's it feels so like uniquely strange after the show we've watched to see like what it would have mm-hmm. been like if these people could have had a normal life.
0: Yeah, what if this was what if this was any other anime? <laughs> what if it what if it presented stuff like with all the the normal tropes that we see with with nothing else under it and you get yeah, you get Rey running with with toast in her mouth and great slapstick music that plays when she accidentally runs into Shinji. Which to be fair, first half of the show I had some lighthearted moments like that. Mhm it's just they what if what if that was fucked up is kind of what evangelion did yeah
1: and and there's a moment i don't want to forget about while well, we're here like because i just forgot it's very brief in episode uh 25 i think when gendo first starts talking about the instrumentality stuff there's two quick flashes of like ritsuko and masato like dead and i was like first mm-hmm. of all i was just like what like yes. what is that and then um so I just I gleaned from that that like at least in one of these like realities they're proposing that like maybe like he killed them or like some like messed up thing in order to like achieve instrumentality. So that when you get to this like slice of life alternate reality kind of thing and the kids are all just having their like jokey slice of life or in high school host club shit. Then like they look outside the window and it's like it's our teacher Miss Masato and like there's just like this like bittersweet it like hurt to watch this alternate like happier timeline Masato where she's more herself and she's a teacher. It, when we just saw yeah. a timeline where she might've been murdered to do some weird like experiment mm-hmm. where Gendo's playing God, it like it's, it, there's a lot of like feelings that are mixed in, in that, in that scene. And it's, it's,
0: it's, it's so effective that it is one of the last things in the episode.
1: Yeah. And, and it, and it helps a lot that we're seeing these scenes about like um this other version after we've had all the like almost interrogation scenes where people are talking about, you know, ways that they, maybe like could be different if they felt they had more choice and whatever else the whole point of the sequence like i mean not the whole but there's lots of things going on but one of the big points is that shinji's talking about how he has no value if he's not um an ava pilot and this is like he gets to mm-hmm. see oh like i could just have a life where i didn't pilot a giant robot and kill people like like i i that just that is a thing that is attainable and i i could just have that and so that's like with that vision kind of demonstrates
0: yeah yeah it's and it's like yeah this is one of many things that could happen. And then the, the finale digs into like, uh, I have a quote written down. It's like, or I don't know if this is a quote, but it says, what if you create a new reality and you still hate yourself? And it's like, yeah, like that's a big fear that will stop you from actually doing the, the, the the things and changing the things and imagining something, uh, different for yourself, which is what Shinji is like struggling with. And like, what is kind of drawn to the forefront here and they there's a line that is similar to a line in in episode 24 it says there are as as many truths as there are people yeah um but only one is yours Mm -hmm. and talks about how fragile that is uh and in shinji's case it's you are you are unused to what it is which is uh, of course they phrase it like that but it says you are simply unused to what it
1: is like to be liked and that line comes from gendo which is really like
0: yeah, the decision to finally bring Gendo into Shinji's shit is, like, effective.
1: Yeah, and it's, there's a whole thing in in that, like, speech from all the different characters. Because, like, I don't know, I, I feel like we made it clear, but just in case we didn't, like, all these things where they're, like, having long-winded conversations, like, about, you know the nature of being and Shinji's, like, problems and mm-hmm. minds so or whatever. The, all the other characters are basically trading lines. It'll be, like, Gendo will say a line and then Kaji will say a line. So it has this, super like, revolving thing. And I, I will say this with so the whole thing. This is what I was going to say earlier that I forgot. is like, there's a there's a rhythm to these episodes that I, like, super loved. And it was, like, not to, like, do the, the stupid George Lucas joke that I love, but um, it really was, like, poetry. Like, it would mm-hmm. be, like, they'd introduce a character and, like, one character would say, like this is the me that's in your mind, and the other person would be like, Oh, this is the me that's in your mind, and like and then like, every time they did it, they would repeat it. So you kind of like knew. Yeah, what especially was
0: especially in twenty five as they're they're showcasing more characters. That that speech that you're talking about, like a bunch of characters are circled around Shinji in this chair, um, like in front of that stage. Uh, like that's that's kind of the, the big moment where he he has his big revelation. How do you, how do you feel with the last like
1: few minutes? Uh, I thought it was incredible. Like I I came so close to crying. Like it it did a lot for me.
0: Me too. I've seen it before, but yeah, it's uh yeah. So basically what happens is Shinji is like being told these things that like, you know, there are other things imaginable. Um it is okay if you change things and are still unhappy, you can continue changing them. That is not a fault. He comes to this huge revelation that actually he could love himself. Um and as he shouts this, as he like he announces like, you know, I could love myself, the entire world starts to shatter around him and it breaks away, and uh the the final shot is him standing I don't even it's just like on a rock. Just like, it doesn't matter. He's standing. There's a nice, beautiful blue sky. And everyone he knows is standing around him, uh, applauding him. And everyone claps and says, congratulations, including Pin Pin. And then he says, thank you. Uh, and then there's some final title cards as the, the show ends. I, I it's, it's on the wiki. Thank you, wiki. Uh, the final text reads, uh, to my father, thank you. To my mother, farewell. And to all the children, congratulations.
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
0: It's so good that, like, a, a, a piano version of Cruel Angel's Thesis starts playing. And, that and like, yeah. Congratulations.
1: It's such a different ending than I anticipated, and it's so powerful. How could you anticipate this?
0: Even, like, I, you know, I, I was uh, indoctrinated by certain anime meme culture before I saw it, so I knew congratulations was a thing like oh yeah a bunch of people clapping congratulations and it's like a bizarre thing to witness without context even kind of in context but i think it works and even like watching the show i'm like how what does that mean and like how do you get from point a to point b and i i don't know but they do these last two episodes get us there and it works and it's very emotional
1: yeah and it was especially, I mean, I think it would work regardless. I think, like, seeing this character that you've watched just beat the shit out of himself for 25 episodes, like, finally realize, like, it's just a matter of, like, perspective. And if I choose to, I can just choose to see myself differently. And I can choose to, like, I can I can stay here. I can keep trying. I can keep doing this. Like, that would already be, like, you know, rewarding and emotional, mm-hmm. I think. But if you have any, like... Kind of similar emotional, mental stuff to Shinji, like that. That scene really, really will knock you on your ass. And and I think it like it was especially resonant for me because it, it this like blindsided me because one of the things that I actually had a, a previous therapist do with me was to picture like you know like it, I just to get in it is like I have a lot of like self worth value type stuff, much like Shinji uh in a way that I hope to talk more about before we're done with this episode too but um like they literally had me like imagine a room where everyone that loves you is like is in there and it it basically like this mm-hmm. episode it basically just like does that it's it's th- that exercise in in this anime robot show and 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 it's like extremely moving to see all the characters that you've met over this journey all the people that have in Shinji's life and just like congratulating him on Figuring out how to, like, be himself finally in a way that is not gonna hurt him, you know? Like, ugh.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, and that's, yeah, it's... He figures it out. He is, he, you know, spends a lot of time confronting the information and then is congratulated for going there. And it looks great. Like, I, I love the the visual representations of it, too. The timing of pin-pin squawking is perfect i don't know what i mean by that because it's not exactly like a joke it's kind of like funny and like i i have this thing where when i'm particularly emotionally affected by media i i even if i'm not quite to crying yet sometimes something slightly funny will happen and i will laugh harder than i've ever laughed because <laughs> i'm just so emotionally vulnerable yeah, yeah that is kind of how the pin pin squawk gets me mm-hmm. where i'm like i'm getting there i'm in it and then that blindsides me and i'm just like fuck and then like there there it goes that's the that's the final that's the final uh uh nail in the coffin
1: mm-hmm. yeah i i'll confess this is like awful coming from me like number one pen pen fiend. i didn't even notice honestly i was so wrapped up in like everything else that's happening like i knew that's like, good too i recognized that pen pen was there but i didn't catch that like there was like a you know like a comedic moment at all i was just like
0: I don't think it's intended to be. It's just like they're going through all the characters and, and Pinpin doesn't yeah. have a human voice. So he goes, quack quack.
1: yeah, it's great.
0: If you do want something, if you do, if you do want to find comedy in that moment, I recommend looking up uh, that scene dubbed in every other language just to compare Pinpin Squawks. Um,
1: <laughs> that sounds very good.
0: It's great. It's a great moment. Unironically, I think the congratulations thing is good.
1: Oh, yeah. No, for, like without a doubt. Absolutely. I'm going to remember that forever. I'm so glad I watched the show.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, and then yeah, and Shinji like having this very genuine smile and thanking everyone for for the congratulations. I I have a ton of notes written down. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to switch into the the more free form jazz part of the of the podcast,
1: I kind of felt like we were already there. Yeah, go ahead. We we were. You
0: kind of. I think I was there. You kept us on path of like trying to. To go through the episodes in mostly chronological order. Because you wouldn't let me jump ahead to the slice (laughs) of life show. I just
1: wanted to, like, uh, hit the other stuff first. Yeah, go ahead.
0: I really like, in in 25, uh, how it breaks apart these core characters um, by visualizing their insecurities and fears into other characters we've seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've kind of already talked about it uh but i i just like it i like uh i like the case of masato and all the stuff that they deal with uh between her and kaji you know all of masato's stuff like has been kind of vague um we, we've talked on previous episodes about like oh yeah it seems like you know she relates to Sinji. she has you know issues with her her dad um from the like the flashback episodes we get um, but now, like, this uh, this episode kind of, like, spends time digging into how that trauma has reflected on her relationship with Kaji and why uh, it made it further messy. Like, the frame, like, the, the show is framed very specifically where it just seems like Kaji is really shitty up until, I don't know, the last few episodes where it, more nuance is brought into it, which I find that decision uh, fascinating. Mm-hmm. But, uh, this really, like, this is, like, Masato clearly stating, like, yeah, I have a self-destructive personality, I wasn't attracted to Takaji because of that, I genuinely loved him, I am, like, bad, I like, I ran away from him because I, he reminded me of my father and I didn't want to be, like, I, I am bad at letting myself be loved and appreciated, and what I have this written down the the me who is appreciated isn't the real me, which is she gets you know appreciation or uh accolades for her job and like for being yeah t- together and all there, but she's like that is that is a facade I am putting on because it's necessary, yeah, and the actual me when I'm not on isn't cared about. Yeah. So it's just like a lot of people are like... A lot of people in this show are pretending to be things they're not for various reasons. hmm And then they're all combined into a being of oneness. So. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Like, like, how do you feel about instrumentality knowing what it is?
1: Okay. So I guess I have a lot of thoughts. For one, first of all, when I was watching the, the, the la- second to last episode, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love this. And then... Partway through twenty six, I was like, "Okay, I'm still really enjoying this, but um, we're running out of time. Like, are we gonna like find out like what what is literally like happening here? Like, what is like the actual like wrap up to the things we've seen? Like, I, I I was like, I feel like I'm gonna be upset if we end this and it's all just this like kind of psycho inner self." conversation and whatever else like if i don't find out what actually happened in the world we were in i feel like i'm going to be upset and like it got closer and closer i was like oh like this is i don't know how to feel about that like i i like it's like bad and then by the time i actually wrapped up i was like no this is good i don't mind that we don't come back to the the world we saw before like it what they ended up doing felt satisfying enough that i didn't miss the answers that i Mm -hmm. thought i needed um but it is interesting because You asked me how do I feel about, like, instrumentality and stuff. I purely just, like, on the level of watching it, I thought it was all great. Like, fantastic. Thinking about it a little bit now, it's interesting because I don't know how it ties into the rest of the show in terms of, like, fighting the angels. Like, I, I get it in terms of everything they explained in this episode where, like, they just figure that, like, everyone's, like kind of unhappy and we all feel like the sense of longing and so like gendo in his weird mind is like i know the answer to that is to just smash us all together um that all like I, I i can buy all that the part that's like a little bit weird but only when i'm like thinking about it doing a podcast right now this would have never occurred to me if i like was just watching it is that like i don't really understand why he was like working on this and then what it has to do with the other stuff that was happening
0: there's about four seconds on screen that points to why this happened, and uh, ba- well, so there's these Dead Sea Scrolls that basically say how to to make this stuff happen. C- Sele? Sale. Someone told Sele, me in yeah. Discord. I've I've already. I think it's Sale. Yep. They have like their way to bring upon instrumentality. But basically, like they want to be joined together in like this godlike presence. Gindo wants to do it under his control so he can be reunited with U.A. Mm. Um, which is inside of Unido One.
1: Okay. And
0: also there's some stuff with Rei that's really vague in terms of like her also kind of being a representation of UA for him. I don't know all the details. Sure. I was hoping I would get a better vision of it so i could tell you from like what's in the show uh because i've always just kind of known that's a thing and i'm just like surely it will explain it to me <laughs> and uh the show doesn't really explain a lot of things it's kind of vague uh glosses over but there's hints of it um because uh in in 24 there's a scene where shinji is like uh comparing them and talking about um like ginda like Says like Gendo, what are you doing with these like with these two? And I I guess I thought it was gonna be more pointed and specific with with race stuff. But yeah, like instrumentality is a uh, a vague thing where everyone's uh one big soup for for reasons we'll get into. I I think i uh, not, not in this episode, but at a later time. It is very interesting that you had that impulse of like, all right, but what is happening like. What am I not seeing? And I think it's you know it's obviously very great that you uh, appreciated what was there and was like no this is this is this is what I'm like this is what's happening because that's what I'm seeing. But a lot of a, a lot of people are like, but what really happened though? Yeah. <laughs> like what what did it look like? Yeah. Um, which I think is a and it, it's it's a very normal and
1: interesting impulse. Yeah, I'm still curious, but I ultimately feel like. I I got what I needed out of the the story with what they did.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of I mean a lot of people in the, when the initial release of the show were like disappointed. Um I'm kind of curious thinking about these airing a week apart. I'm kind of curious what that week was like. Must've
1: been so weird.
0: Like and, and I'm my the close like I'm trying like similarly the last episode of Twin Peaks the Return. I remember what Twitter was like. I wasn't watching it while it aired, but I remember Twitter I have to imagine it was kind of similar, like, oh, huh, that was a decision, that was a decision to end the show like that with that. Obviously, I think two very different pieces of media, two very different endings. Both are ones that I like a lot and are I find very effective. But yeah, I'm, people, pe- people wanted the the action. People wanted to see what that looked like. And yeah, I just I just think it's interesting that you brought that up and like talked through like, oh yeah, I I found myself satisfied
1: yeah like i th- i was ready to be upset i, w- I thought for sure i was gonna be like this is fucking stupid like what like <laughs> why did they build up this like whole world and this whole like plot just to be like you don't get to know what happens after this like but it doesn't really matter that much like what would they what would they show us it's like oh gendo did some science things and then whatever and then the world is saved from the angels but now it's whatever. it's like it just like we don't just don't need it like
0: because
1: mm-hmm. i don't really understand how he accomplished immortality, but i also don't really care that much
0: I know that, like, that. the thing is, like, for me, I know that the angels being defeated and some other stuff that happened off-screen led to it. That's enough for me. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, Kaworu had to be killed for it to happen. Like, alright, Kaworu was killed and then it happened. Which,
1: by the way, we, we should explain that that's what kicked this whole kind of episode that Shinji's having off is like the guilt over having killed yes. Kawaru. That's like what really like starts this is he's just like racking he's racked with guilt over having killed someone and like
0: mm-hmm. the
1: voices start coming in and talking about, you know, whatever. But that's what that's what like starts the whole thing.
0: I, I my, my notes kind of start straight away with um the the Shinji in the chair and the spotlight. So I don't really remember uh the Kawaru stuff. He's he's being questioned. Because that's the thing. It's like that's kind of the the big pivotal moment for him where he, you know, piloting the Eva, doing what the Eva has to do is his source of, you know, appreciation um, and, you know, like achievement. Like, that's what he has. That's what he can do currently. Mm-hmm. And episode 24 is pitting, you know, that, that part of him up against the part of him that cares about another human being, whether it be like or love. Uh, regardless, it is like... There is another person who I genuinely care about and uh, makes me feel happy and loved and cared for for the first time ever. And if I do the other thing that was bringing me an approximation of joy, I have to end that.
1: With murder.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it also happens to dovetail instrumentality and everyone turns into one primordial soup. And uh, and here we are. But I, I just think it's all so good.
1: Yeah, it's 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 like nothing else I've ever seen, and it's like brilliant, and it's like it's heady in like the best ways. And I was thinking about this too. is, like because we talked forever ago about how I hated that one race, and you're like, I don't know how you're going to do the rest of the show. I don't know how that's going to go. And the thing is, is that I,
0: I I do completely feel like that is the weakest of all of the abstract storytelling decisions.
1: Yeah, it,
0: but it's not like I don't know. It's the first one, so I was like, well, I mean, it's only going to get more of this.
1: I, I I do think that like in general some of the things that were in this episode i might normally be like uh like okay like what's what's your point you're just like saying words but i think that like they did the groundwork they like did the work to earn this throughout the show where it was a grounded narrative for like so long that then you like mm. bought my you bought my trust to then watch your experimental film like i like appreciated everything that they were talking about because they had earned it like they had like done deep work into these characters and like who they are and what they think and feel. And they had done enough that was grounded that I was ready for this, um, abstract stuff. And it didn't feel like dumb college student Pulp Fiction poster stuff. It felt like Mm -hmm. important and and interesting and, and, and good.
0: Yeah. I'm glad that you liked it. The show wouldn't be as fun to do if you weren't having a good
1: time. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, this sucks.
0: Yeah, I, I at some point I'd be like, Hey, if you don't want to watch the show, we can call
1: it. <laughs> just end a podcast after like sixteen episodes of a twenty-six episode show. Just like we're no, we're just we're just done.
0: I mean, I wouldn't force you to do it if you didn't like it.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't but be I'm like glad that you liked it. Chris get the podcast so, you know, you just like replace me with somebody else. Get Toji in here. Get in
0: the, get get in the podcast or Jay will have to do it again. Yeah,
1: exactly Exactly, exactly. I I just to b- bring in the, the personal side of it like a little bit more. I was reminded of, like, kind of stuff, well, I mean, I also realized watching this that it's not gone, but, like, a thing that I had previously experienced that I thought I was kind of over, but it was a big thing for a while. So, I mean, I think some listeners, at least, of this show will know that I I was a pro-wrestler for several years. And that was basically, like, I mean, that was a huge part of my life. It was, like, my whole identity, and it did get to the point where, like, I thought that, like, if I didn't do that, then I was, like, useless. Like, I couldn't I thought that I like couldn't do anything else and shouldn't do anything else and like if I stopped doing that then like I literally worried that like people wouldn't weren't going to think I was cool anymore like I like I was like people were going to look at me differently which they kind of did but like not as much as I like worried about and I, it didn't end up being that big of a deal like and like I I think I felt like I had checked that but I think even now I still carry the baggage of like oh but like but now I just do other projects instead and if I did no projects then I would be worthless like it's fine now that I don't wrestle because I do other things but if I did nothing then I would be like I remember like just things like my tag partner and I when we were deep in the wrestling stuff and like that was very much tied up in our self worth like we would like talk about like you know it, basically if if you didn't do something with your life like if you just like had a job and came home like we thought that that was like like we we couldn't imagine that for ourselves like we would have been like so disappointed and like felt like we were like garbage or whatever, and like now like i i am like better about it, but I do still think that I put a lot of pressure on myself to like you know be someone that does something you know and like and so like this the fact that the show is getting at so many um real real human stuff that can be hard for people to shake is like really valuable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um I I think there's a lot to grab onto with all the various characters um and and what they they struggle with. It's very clearly personal text. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's definitely one that means a, a ton to me. I you know I appreciated it a lot as as a teen uh it is much more effective to me now um especially like you know in the past year or I mean like for years I've been you know absorbing uh you know art and, and media and and creating my own um but especially like in the past year I've gotten into digging into like specific creators uh bodies of work and kind of seeing um them throughout it partly because of uh the blank check podcast um but i think doing that with ano i think is so clear too like i can kind of see or, or at least personally i i am affected by what i perceive as like uh that that difficulty of struggling with d- depression and various trauma through creative media and like struggling with the creative media itself and the, the For all of this show, as dark and uh traumatic as it gets it, it still lands on this bright and hopeful thing uh I think is one of the most i mean one of the most powerful endings of anything I've ever seen there's 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 a million great endings to to long running television shows uh but to to make such a personal text that ends on your 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 lead traumatized character being like, you know what despite all of this. Uh, I I can love myself. It will be okay. And then they are, you know, congratulated for getting to that point of hopefulness. And that's like incredibly, uh, I think, impactful for for me. And I mean, I know plenty of other people, um, but it's uh, looking at the whole thing in context, I think it's just really like, at least personally powerful.
1: Yeah. I'm so fascinated by thinking about what this must have been like for, kids and teenagers to watch on like adult swim or whatever you know what i mean like, like when like because like i mean, i watch this as a 28 year old who's been through like four different therapists and a lot of life experience with a lot of this stuff and so like this means a lot to me and i can see like a lot of like the like complex workings behind it and i i am familiar with a lot of like the ideas they're talking about the messaging behind it and stuff so it like means it, it, it like really works for me it's so I am trying to put myself in the position of like someone who's just like, I like robots and anime. Like what's this show? And like watching that ending must've been so different for someone at that point in their life. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it would have been like, like
0: I wish I would uh, I mean, I don't wish I'd made a podcast when I was a teenager about it, but I do. <laughs> there is a part of me that wishes I could more w- with more detail grapple with like, what was I thinking?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, like like I, I,
0: I knew it was good and like, I, I knew it was like emotional character work, and I was like satisfied with that as an artistic decision rather than more robots but other than that i'm like what 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 had what had I been through at sixteen <laughs> and the answer is some stuff, but I hadn't really grappled with it until uh later ages because that's, that's like I, I i i by then I'd already started like i was uh combative with you know, my relationship with my dad. So I saw that in Evangelion for sure. Yeah, Um, But now I see it with, like, a lot more, you know, lenses and and, and nuance.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like there might have been parts of it that I could have related to, but not to the same extent. And so I wonder, like, I I imagine it must have been, like, a lot less satisfying, right? I don't know. Like, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it still felt cool in its own ways, but it's just interesting because it's very unlike... It is cool. Yeah.
0: I, I, I struggle with trying to think of anything else that is comparable to to this show
1: Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of cool ideas though and like and like i mean it's not really like all there like you you had to explain some of it to me but i'm still appreciating it like like the the kind of resonance of like his mom never gets to like come back and is trapped in this monstrous like robot alien thing but his dad like achieved the thing that would put them back together and like whatever else like that even though it's not like spelled out for you and I wouldn't have got it unless you said something, I'm still appreciative of that. Like there's something.
0: It's, it's a show that, uh, rewards. Maybe that's, maybe that's too generous to say, but I, I would say like for the most part, it rewards you like digging into it and, and like analyzing it. Um, like it doesn't just hand everything to you. There are a few things that are super vague, um which i like like the ray stuff that i was like oh they never really say it like at least with you know Gendo directly calls unit 01 UA uh for 5 seconds and i'm like cool between her disappearing in an Eva accident and him calling the robot her and Shinji's experiences i think that's a clear enough point to say uh you know that's you know like her her soul is in that
1: core yeah and to be clear, I I I maybe misrepresented what I was meant because I we figured that out like um you know a couple episodes ago. What I meant the part that I wouldn't have grasped is that that's why he his that was what his motivation was for doing the instrumentality thing. I did not pick up on that. It's vague. Yeah.
0: It's super vague. Yeah, and then I guess and, and another thing too that's vague about it is so much of it is uh represented with uh his interactions with Ray, and they are even more vague with you know what exactly Rey is because like what we know of her backstory is uh, she magically shows up next to Gendo after his wife dis- like dies in the accident weird yeah. she looks a lot like her weird Gendo's obsessed with her weird and that's and that's I mean that's, that's kind of the end of it like and then um there's the shit in 24 with like Kaworu saying that she's similar to him uh because she is a a being above mortal
1: man yeah there's a lot there's yeah there's a lot going on there still that i that i don't uh i
0: uh i i read something here that is revealed in a booklet (laughs) uh
1: (laughs) is it revealed in the in the in the like razor ads or the new honda commercials
0: yeah, if you buy the Civic and you open up <laughs> the glove box it tells you uh exactly who We're who Ray, uh, Ray really is. Yeah. Um no. Uh but I I'll, I'll I'll probably I mean, I could tell you an hour later, but uh there is what's called the Red Cross book which is was a pamphlet distributed uh when the end of Evangelion movie was screened. Okay. And that has like some information about her that's more pointed, so I don't. I could tell you about it when we get to that movie. Yeah, or... <laughs> I
1: figure that's that sounds best. If it was, if it came out at that time, then yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, which that's that's the thing. It it certainly is. Like you know, the show paints in broad strokes, and then people care a lot about it. So there's a lot of additional material that's released. Yeah. But yeah, Ray's weird. I um, I remember when we first started this show, sending you, uh, I. The English dub, they had a lot of fun with it, is what I'll say. I don't think it's bad. I enjoy a lot of things about it. Um, but they had a lot of fun, those voice actors. And there's some commentary stuff on that release, the original dub I'm talking about, uh, that I find really funny. And I I just implore everyone to track down the commentary on, I think it's on, I think it's on the finale in the credits or something. Because I just remember Shinji's voice actor being like, basically expressing his confusion uh, <laughs> with the show i i just i just remember the visual of like you know fly me to the moon playing and the voice actor being like so is ray my mom or what <laughs> and I, I think about that a lot
1: that's so funny
0: also i think it's ray who says the the phrase baloney pony
1: <laughs> could
0: be Asuka not sure oh this is this is nice I, this is the end okay where exactly am I? Um, oh, here's the song. Oh, good. Um, there's some things
1: that are still unresolved here, guys. How, how do I get home? Uh, what do I eat? Was Ray my- my mom? Or a clone, or hell? Was this all in my mind? What- what's an Ava? Is that sort of a Freudian thing, or,
0: um, am I real? Oh, hell, does the bus run through here? But yeah, I mean, it's... I guess the word, I guess controversial is technically accurate to describe the ending of this show. Cause I mean, a lot of people didn't like it. Um, a lot of people love it a lot.
1: I totally get why people wouldn't like it, but I disagree entirely. Same. Yeah. I,
0: I think it completely works for the story that is being told. Um, you know, I think a lot about Evangelion as this, this work of Anno's. Um, and that I, I think is shaped by. what he is going through and, and expressing with the show. So I think this ending means more than any, uh, big robot really could. I mean, surely you could, you could express all these themes and have this powerful, uh, emotional conclusion in a robot, Mm -hmm. but there's something to me about the decision coming, like, like these visuals on top of just being, you know, looking like, especially in the N26, there's a lot of gorgeous animation. Um, that is, you know, so hand drawn and fluid in a way that the rest of the show isn't, but like some, something about, um, this episode feeling so intrinsically, like it is born of this lowest moment, like, uh, you know, it's the ending of this big show that is, you know, people love, uh, it is so personal for Ano, and to be back into this corner, uh for the second time we haven't talked about Gunbuster and that show also kind of ran out of money near the end uh and to to get out of that and to to make a statement with your show in that position to say it's going to be okay that that means more to me than 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 any robot could
1: yeah and there's like still cool like science fiction stuff happening like you know i've been i've yeah they're still
0: talking about instrumentality yeah
1: i've done an hour of like oh chris loves therapy and emotions and emotional growth or whatever but like like but also it's just really cool the vagueness is cool the whole like like Mm -hmm. being trapped in that weird room with like the 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 stage stuff where it's kind of playing off like you know like all these characters are playing roles and you see like these like lifeless like husk dummies of them and then it's like all the different characters around them they're talking about like being melded together and like alternate realities where things went differently like ones where things went really bad and everyone died and then ones where like everyone's like a happy sitcom family and like and like Mm -hmm. it's got like almost like a i love i don't know how you feel about it it's a very controversial movie too i love donnie darko and i I almost kind of got vibes of like um,
0: I haven't I haven't seen that since about the age I saw Evangelion the first time. Yeah. I thought it, I mean I remember it fondly.
1: I just realized I don't want to spoil uh, one of my favorite movies for people that haven't seen it. But basically, it's like th- there's things about the ending of that movie that brought up similar um, like a lot vibes of people don't like it. <laughs> well, that too, but also just kind of the idea of of like the the different ways things could go for characters and stuff that has always mm-hmm. been really poignant to me and like I I I always. Have like an emotional reaction to that, and and it, there's something very similar happening here. Yeah. So that stuff is really cool too. On top of the like, um, you know, Shinji overcoming trauma, like it's you're not, it's not just like a psychology thing. You get a lot of cool um ideas in the mix too. I
0: I think it's a really cool melding of this the sci fi backings that you're talking about and the the psychology. Yeah. Which which, which plenty of other sci fi also does um you know a, a, most sci-fi fantasy is you know usually about something
1: else uh, yeah. instead of just the good, the good stuff is yeah yeah sure well I mean I don't I shouldn't be so elitist about it I'm sure I love like stuff that's not about anything but uh <laughs> oh I mean I absolutely
0: do one of my I mean fucking I love uh Mission Impossible movies those movies are about what the what the fuck is Tom gonna do next yeah this shit's dope jump out of a plane was 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 Fallout but yeah, yeah. There's a lot of um. Every time I say that, like, oh yeah, you know, these things are usually about something else deeper. It's like ah, there's also the ones that aren't, and sometimes those are really good too. Yeah, yeah. There's something. There's something really nice about the way Evangelion is present, like doing exactly that, like presenting. Here are a million different ways that things could go, and it's like you know, on the baseline, it is talking about how it could go in the world that you make for yourself with an instrumentality, but also it is like a literally you, you, you don't have to be stuck in, in the way you are. You can look at things differently. You can better yourself. You can, there, there are, there are happier times available to you. If you, if, if, if you like, like, um I don't, I don't think we talked about it specifically on the show, but when Evangelion was for like, when, when Anna was first tackle, like, starting this show a a theme he wanted to tackle was not running away
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and you know it's super prevalent in the first you know third of the show where shinji is actually uh repeating i mustn't run away over and over again but uh i I, I like how it becomes so poignant here and in the light of like ano you know getting into this depression near the end of, of a uh, show running for Nadia, not being satisfied with Nadia very much. um, And that show not, you know, not being as a uh, creatively fulfilling and, 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 you know, being in that depression, taking on this show and being like, all right, I want to, you know, I'm struggling with, with, with this stuff. um, I am going to make this, this sci-fi show. uh, I'm going to tackle these things. And then I'm going to make the show about, not running away. And uh I, I think that it ends beautifully in this where it's like it's not that like like deciding that something is bad and that you need something different isn't running away, I think is I think it's I think it's really effective and uh in this in this episode. In the beginning of, of episode twenty six. First off, we haven't talked about the title card at the beginning of twenty six was the which is the fucking dopest shit imaginable uh which is essentially all right uh, again we were were talking about like what was that week between 25 and 26 like if people wanted um a big robot showdown as a finale um and 26 starts with instrumentality has begun but uh we're just gonna focus on shinji (laughs) yeah like, uh, I, my, my notes literally say, like, instrumentality has begun, but would you look at the time? Yeesh! Let's just look at Shinji.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you said that, though, because it reminded me one thing I would want to bring up very quickly, is that I loved the way that, in these episodes, they were frequently having the conversations between the, the quote-unquote characters and the real ones being done with just, mm-hmm. like, Shinji would say something, and there would just be black screen with white text that's the response. And it would cut back and forth between, like... yeah like his speech and just like and just text like replying that that was awesome.
0: Yeah, it's re- it's really effective because I think I I think as we're breaking down these layers of like um you know these images of people in his life are are having these conversations with him in his mind that strips further and further away to it doesn't matter who's saying it it's or, or it is Shinji or however they want to depict it or I I like that like that text on screen just being this like whether it is instrumentality or not, just this like unknowable silent response. I think uh I love I love it. Whatever exactly it's trying to say, I think it works.
1: Yeah, it's a really cool aesthetic.
0: What what I had written down here next to the not running away stuff was um there there's a conversation that Shinji has where he he's like, if I'm not wanted here, um I I I'll just disappear and make you know, the situation better for that, but then it becomes interrogating, like, how is that different from from running away? And uh it, it starts to be like what what you truly fear is failure. And that's where they get into like, uh, you know, everyone fears failure. That that is why we became one uh through instrumentality. The human mind is weak. Uh so we must fulfill for uh each other and instrumentality is like this it it's demonstrated in the loosest of terms, demonstrated uh, as this exaggerated form of, uh like, group closeness. But it is depicted as this villainous act because it is done for, like, selfish purposes and, like, um by by the wrong people of, like, forcing it through. Like, all right, everyone has barriers up between them, and that's bad for X and Y reasons, so we're just going to, force everyone together and um uh it it's interesting because like there is a part of it that's like well closeness is good like the we we put up barriers between us um and we can talk about what that means of like t- you know taking those away and becoming close with other people um but it's interesting how instrumentality in that in that form is not a great thing, and bad people are doing it for selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, w- the thing about Eva, there was um there was someone in the Discord comparing this to the World Ends with You, which um there is some some similarity for sure, not just because Joshua looks like Kaworu, uh, but uh just like in in, in those themes. And um, what I find fascinating about Eva is that. It does not interrogate that in any way whatsoever because it does not care. Eva is just like, all right, but that happened. Let's focus on what we do with it. Like, like, like Shinji, Shinji is this character that we focus on uh, almost entirely in situations where he is not in control. And this, I think, is a further extension of that. Like instrumentality has these uh, large workings that turn everybody into the mind soup and you know it has this like thematic purpose and the you know the AT fields and the getting rid of those and becoming one in instrumentality has these large thematic purposes that allow us to dig into these psychoanalysis vignettes of all these characters um but at the end of the day yeah selfish people were trying to do it for selfish reasons what we're interrogating is Shinji specifically deciding that he can still be okay um, and uh, there is there is you know hope for him in a world where he has been given no agency he can still take agency for himself and decide to love himself despite all of that and I think that goes back to I think I mentioned on a previous episode but like Ano Anno's it's clear from this text alone, but, like, Anno doesn't really like clear good and evil stories. He doesn't, like, his texts don't necessarily have clear answers. This one was good. This one was bad. It's just gray area, and it's very... It, 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 what what matters in Anno's stories, at least to me, is, like, on the on the personal level. It's very humanist. And I think the decision to... Make instrumentality such this big thing, and then also just focus on Shinji, and uh and, and Asuka. Uh, Shinji is the focus because of the actual finale, but I do think Asuka is um very important in these last two episodes as well.
1: Yeah, and and all of that just made me think it's really interesting too. Because um on the one hand, you could look at it like the the ending of the show is a rejection of instrumentality because it it's so much about Shinji finally discovering like the self and standing up for the self and to stop like Mm -hmm. looking at himself through other people's lens and to do it like he is what's good best for him. And so on the one hand, it's like a celebration of individuality, but on the other hand, there is a part in the instrumentality segment where they're talking about how in order to broaden the perspective that you look at things with that forms your truth in order to make things better for yourself, you have to take and learn from the perspectives of the other people that you meet. And that broadens your, perspective and that can make it easier to see alternative like futures and paths for you and so mm-hmm. you could argue that the only reason he was able to accept himself is because of instrumentality like the fact that that happened is what allowed him to get to the next level yeah. as himself which is interesting because like, you would think those are two opposing ideas in, in this context we're talking about but they're, they're not actually absolutely I completely agree with that analysis that's very cool I didn't think about that watching it but that's very cool
0: it's an extremely dense text even just these two episodes, but
1: Talk, talking about things is good, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, talking about things is good. I I think Evangelion is a show that rewards analysis for sure. Um, and I I I have felt lucky not just to do it in podcast form, but to do it with you, Chris. Um, I think uh, one, it's just been very satisfying for me to get like a very first hand, like, oh yeah, they're they're into it. Yeah, I like yeah. the show, when my friend's getting into it, and they like it, yeah! But mm-hmm. also just, like, the actual, like, conversations, I think, have been so valuable, and I'm very proud of the, the show we have made. Yeah. That's... And are still making. We're not done yet, but...
1: Yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah, I agree, for sure. Yeah, it's been a great time. I got a little bit of time left, so I think it's time to, to reveal the, the, the promised treasure. Oh, yeah. So I've already compared it to two other things. I'm gonna do one third one quick and then I'll get to the real one. The other, one, the, other the brief one. <laughs> <laughs> the brief comparison is once again Kingdom Hearts. The scene where um they first open and he's on the chair and then they kinda like distort the ground under him. It looks like when you're inside Monstro, <laughs> like the pattern <laughs> was just very <laughs> funny to me. And then That's, like you're um,
0: right. I, I agree. That's uh I did I was thinking about Kingdom Hearts while watching these, not because of that. Um, just because of like thematic stuff we've talked about before, but it is very funny to me that you said, "Oh, because of the monstro." Look. <laughs>
1: well, and then like everyone else appears around him, and like the music, and they're all kind of like taking turns talking. It feels very like Organization Thirteen and stuff. Um, but the real the real thing I'm trying to get out here, and I, I don't want to go super into because uh, running out of time, but I will say the unexpected comparison to Neon Genesis Evangelion's finale is Ugh. the what was the full name of that thing? What was the full name of the Bray Wyatt shit last night? The Funhouse? Oh my god. Firefly. The Firefly Funhouse match from WrestleMania 36 last night was... so. Yeah, you're
0: right. We couldn't have recorded a day sooner.
1: <laughs> quick catch-up. WWE had no fans because of the coronavirus. So they did weird cinematic shit for some of the matches instead. And one of them was basically this episode, but with John Cena and The Fiend Bray Wyatt. It was wild. But... and. I never would have made the comparison except like right before I started watching it, Cat showed me or, like, right when I did start watching like t- like twenty five, Cat showed me a meme that was like Shinji sitting in the chair but wearing a John Cena shirt, and they're like get in the Funhouse Johnny, and I was like that's funny, and then the episode went on, and I was like wait a minute, I think they compared those things for a reason because this is getting weird oh, now, and then
0: that meme that meme was actually textual analysis, yeah, oh it, shit,
1: it was because in the Funhouse match it was a whole thing about like the idea was like that Bray Wyatt is taking John Cena through this like weird internal journey through his like fears and like his his Mm -hmm. he has to face his biggest opponent of all time himself yeah it's like all his like uh his 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 past and his um his fears and, and and the deep stuff and then meanwhile while that's happening bray wyatt and john cena are changing in appearance the way that asuka does where like she's like wearing different outfits during different parts of the conversation like they're in different time periods of john cena's career and he's wearing different like clothes from the time period and then bray Wyatt's changing too and like it's just it's i was i was like blown away by how similar they were because i would have never expected that
0: I, I i've seen bits and pieces of the match in the last 24 hours and i completely agree it's i mean you're right i
1: yeah it's just like, who it, on God's great earth could have ever been like, this Bray Wyatt and John Cena segment is going to be a lot like the finale to Neon Genesis <laughs> Evangelion. But it was. It's weird. Ugh. But I'm very God. happy to watch them back-to-back like this so that I can, like, look at them. It, it, it honestly makes me appreciate the Funhouse thing more because I'm like, oh, it's like it's like real art. <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, so if anyone liked this particular thing, I mean, they, obviously, much like this show, it helps if you do know the history that they're referencing. But it's definitely a wild ride, even if you yeah. don't. There's puppets involved in that one, so. Um.
0: Yeah, I there's a great clip. I think uh, there's been a lot of talk about it in the Orange Ghost Discord server, but I believe it was here that I saw the clip that is um, John Cena saying "D's nuts" and then running <laughs> at Bray Wyatt, and then them just switching places. Yeah. That's a very astute comparison.
1: Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for that. Our our delay in recording was in no way uh, a thing that we had control over, but um, I suppose this is the the silver lining is that now yeah, you can exactly. compare it to WrestleMania. Now we get
1: Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. yeah we did it. We got through the show.
0: We did it. Uh, yeah. I might have a, one or two other things written down, but I don't want to keep you since you're running low on time.
1: Just record yourself so, talking to the audience because I don't want them to miss out just because I have to go. But just like like after this, just <laughs> record a little bit longer. Than, all right, here, here I'll give you a piece. All right, wait a second. I'm going to just say, that's so cool, Joe. I agree. And then you just put that at the end of whatever you say. And then we'll have finally constructed audio.
0: I'm just going to leave all this in exactly <laughs> as, as you said it just now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think cause I'm looking through my notes now, most of it's just descriptions of what was happening on screen. I think I got to most of my, uh, like, deeper stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, this is, I mean, I kind of knew this was going to be an episode where we wouldn't be able to do much, you know, in-depth, exact recap uh, like the previous episodes. I almost texted you and said, like, hey, I don't know if you think about the recap when we when you watch the show, but don't. <laughs> um, and I decided to text you nothing, not to to do any leading. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's the episode. Um, we'll be back next time in in two weeks to do a uh, a mailbag. I forgot a, about the a, mailbag. A, uh, I'm excited. I I've gotten a couple questions. Um, Sweet. some in my DMs, some in my uh in and my in in the Discord that I'll have to write down. Um, but we'll be we'll be doing the mailbag, and we'll be doing. Uh, Just kind of our own reflection on like, you know, it's been, yeah, it's been one week since I finished the show and just kind of talking about like, um I'm going to watch the, the recap movies, Chris, you don't have to, but uh I- I'll, uh, but, but you know, we'll talk about kind of like, you know, the whole scope of the thing. And I'm looking forward to that uh and, and uh, getting some questions and, and answering them. But if you want to send any of those in for that mailbag episode, you can uh, DM them to me on Twitter, Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. My DMs are open. Um, And you can also drop them in the Orange Groves Discord server. A link will be in the show notes. You can also find it at theorangegroves.com at the bottom of the page. Or you can tweet about them with hashtag NervousRexPod. uh, As long as they're not spoilers for uh, anything after the show. Uh, After the mailbag, we will be doing uh, End of Eva. And after that we'll be doing uh Gunbuster and some other stuff uh before the rebuild movies. Just cause if you have any Evangel or end of Eva questions, I'll probably just save them for uh for that episode. Get us uh get at us with uh those questions. My social media again is Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J O. Uh I've got a bunch of other podcasts, you can find them all on the network, uh I'm
1: at Topher Disgrace on Twitter. And I just came out with a, a text-based choose your own adventure game today called Be the Indie Wrestler, which is based heavily on my own experiences, being a person who's wrestled in front of twelve people before. Uh and uh <laughs> twelve old people. It's a it's a kind of just like a, a fun look at the world of indie wrestling, uh putting you in the in the proverbial boots and kick pads of uh of a of a small time wrestler. Uh so you can find that on my uh, on my Twitter there's links in the, I it made up my new pin tweet and it's on my website, which is in my bio and there's lots of ways to find it. It's uh, I'm accepting donations, but it's free to play both on the site itself and to download. So yeah, go check that out, please. And thank you.
0: Uh, Thank you so much for, for listening, for, for sticking with us. The, the conversation in the discord have been such a vital part of this show too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, so thank you so much for everyone who's been there. I love popping in and seeing huge, Uh, you know, spoiler walls. Um, and uh,
1: (laughs) dig into those. I was looking at the other day. Kat asked you, "Why do you even look at this?" And I was like, "I don't know. I just, I just like to see it."
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just nice to know that like the conversation's happening.
1: Yeah.
0: Are you? Have you? Have you gone back and looked at any stuff since we've? No, like as you've gotten more.
1: No, because I'm too scared that I'm going to see something for one of the movies or something. I'm going to wait till all of it's done, and then I'll read the the black boxes. Some of them, not all of them.
0: That's fair. Uh, yeah, I, it'll be oh, that'll be a a long uh, a long journey, but that, uh, I'm sure it'll be worth it. There's a lot of great stuff too uh, that I've read through. Um, shout out to the people who have been watching this for the first time with us. Um, I know a friend of the show Plaquas has, but uh, everyone else whose names I don't uh, have at the tip of my tongue half the day. Uh, I also really appreciate uh, you doing that. And uh, yeah, that's the show of television and we'll be back next time with uh with the mailbag and some conversation i'll talk about death rebirth and all the cut up uh recap movies they made
1: and i know how to i know how to outro this one for once oh hell yeah laid on us
0: take us home chris congratulations
1: congratulations